ladies, you are listening to Women Emerging Fearlessly. Did you know that four out of five women struggle with confidence and knowing who they are? This show is dedicated to helping women lead their lives with fearless confidence and to know how amazing they truly are. In this show, you will hear from women who are emerging fearlessly, who have overcome many obstacles to pursue their dreams and passions, and they will inspire you and encourage you to stand up, step out, and speak up. Be your authentic self and bring your true gifts to the world. My name is Janelle Anderson, and I am your host. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a great review and subscribe and share it with your friends. Enjoy the show. All right, so I am curious about how many of my listeners out there want to have more of a powerful presence in your life or in your business or in the work that you do. I know I do, and it is something I hear a lot. It's a common theme with women. And so I'm excited that today we'll be talking about how to have that powerful presence, how to be at home in your own skin, how to show up more as you in leadership. And, you know, honestly, whether you have a title of leadership or not, you are a leader, women, because you have people in your life that are watching you. And I even talk about leading your own life. So we want to lead our lives with confidence and with power. So my guest today is Janet Lowley. I didn't even ask you how to say your last name. Ioli, everybody. Ioli. Oh, Ioli. Ioli. Okay. (laughs) So my guest today is Janet Ioli, and she is a leadership expert. She is an author and an executive coach who has been helping leaders create their most powerful presence for over 20 years. She has worked as an executive leader inside four Fortune 200 companies and has extensive real world experience in different industries. She's the president of Power Presence Academy and specializes in working with women. Her work with women leaders challenges them to move beyond the prescribed, outdated stereotypes and embody a new type of powerful leadership presence. I love it. So welcome, Janet, to my show. I'm so glad to have you today. Thank you, Janelle. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so I'm excited to find out more about you and what you're all about with the leadership and uh, powerful presence. So talk to me a little bit about what does that mean to you to have a powerful presence? Well, I think before I even start with what a definition is of that, I think I'll start out with a story because it, it encapsulates what I encounter and where I came up with this concept. Uh, I work with executives, both one-on-one and in workshops. And what I would find as I was working with the most powerful women and power by powerful, I'm talking about incredibly successful in by all outside appearances, incredibly confident women who we admire, we look up to, we say, wow, you know, she's so confident. She's so accomplished, et cetera, et cetera. And as I would sit with them and just talk during the executive coaching engagement, I would hear and see a very different story than what we would see from the outside. And the story was full of self-doubt, need for validation, need for approval, constant pleasing, proving. 
And that started to, you know, and obviously I could feel some of that myself as well. And so it really intrigued me. And I think the icing on the cake uh, came when a former client of mine called me up on the phone and she said, I really want to talk to you. Now I hadn't talked to her for two years. And she said, I'm getting ready to go interview for this job reporting to the CEO of this really large company. And I said, wow, that's terrific. <laughs> that's what you've been looking for, right? That's what you, you've been wanting. And she said, well, no, you don't understand. They want me. And I, and I wasn't surprised, right? She, this woman's been running these multi-million dollar you know, uh, programs. You know, she'd been doing all of these things. And she's sitting there wondering why they want her to interview for the job. So, and so the, the story there was all about self-doubt. Am I, I'm not one of them. Am I going to be good enough for this, et cetera. And, and so it started to, to make me think about power and how we look at power. And so all these other people were powerful in her eyes, right? right. And yet she was not. And so I, I started to think about, you know, what really is a powerful presence? And so that's what led me to start to think about the way we've been socialized to think about what, what a powerful presence is. It's all on the outside versus right. the inside, which, is a, which are a lot of the things you talk about as well, Janelle. Yeah, so it's so amazing to me to see this pattern over and over again with women that, like you said, on the outside, they look so successful and influential and, and they have achieved so much and we admire them. And then you get to the inside and you find this similar, you know, the imposter syndrome. I'm not good enough. They're going to find me out. Why do they want me questioning themselves? And it's incredibly uh, frustrating for me as a coach to keep seeing that because I know I experienced it and I want so much for women to just shine with all the they are to see who they are and really embrace that and be comfortable in that and not have to try to feel like they're measuring up to some other standard, but just be them, you know, because that's powerful. So yeah, I exactly. Love and, uh, you know, and so when you ask me, what is, what is a powerful presence? You know, it's, it goes back to what you just said. I think we've been inundated with these messages of what power should look like. Yes. And so the messages are, well, you're powerful when you're strong or the messages are, you know, we tell women, fake it till you make it. Right. We tell right. women, strike a power pose. Right. So if you stand a certain way, you're going to be right. Exactly. Let's you know, stand up and own the room, et cetera. And all of that is great. But unless you go inside and you do the inner work that's needed to feel grounded and to really adjust your mind and your mindset to be one of having a grounded power that's not reliant on the outside, you will always be in that game. And I don't even think it's so much, you know, we, we talk a lot with women about imposter syndrome. I don't even think it's that. I mean, I think that's part of it. I think it's just never really coming to terms with the inner part of yourself and who you are and what you believe in. Mm -hmm. And making sure that's in alignment with who people need you to be. Exactly. And yeah. that's definitely, that's when I talk about the imposter syndrome, I've done a couple of workshops around that. And uh, the essence of what I try to do in that is to get them exactly to what you're talking about. Your imposter syndrome problems will go away 
if you are, like you said, grounded in who you are and when you really are, then, then you naturally embrace it. I, I think part of the problem is what I run into is women are like, well, I'm not sure that who I am is anything great. So I, even if I got to know who I am, I, I don't know that I would feel very confident or strong, but that's still kind of like a, a myth or a, a false belief. Because if you true, if you really know your true self, your right. true self is amazing, right? And it's getting to that. So I, I'm totally in agreement with you. Your inner wise woman, as I call it, right? <laughs> it's, it's, it's your inner wise woman, yeah. Yes, your inner wise woman, and it takes a while to kind of get to that. Sometimes it takes a process. So, you know, you talk about the inner work. What are some of the things that you find are helpful for women to to get grounded in that? space. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Uh, <laughs> one of the things that I really focused on is obviously mindset, right? And I'll talk a little bit about that in a minute. But before you even get there, I think what we've been conditioned and socialized with as women are the three things that I say, you know, are to please, to prove and to polish. Hmm. So we get really, really focused on our image, you know, how we look, you know, are, you know, how do I look good enough? All of those things. I mean, that's, that's a big deal. Pleasing others, right? So what's the conventional way I'm supposed to act? And if I act that way, then I will be good. I will be good enough. I will be all of these things and then prove. So I'll prove my worthiness by achieving, by doing all the things that are needed to be validated. Right. So, and I, and I talk about that in, in, in my new book there, about how that becomes almost a mask identity for ourselves. And we never really get in touch with that inner wise woman because we drown it out with the pleasing, proving and polishing. And that's fine because there is a part of perception that we wanna manage, but that's hollow and it's a hollow shell without the inner work. And so what I talk about a lot is getting in touch with that inner wise woman. And part of that journey is really being still. I talk to people about having self-reflection and they say to me, well, I don't know how to do that. Like you said, right? It's like, it's hard. I don't really want to think about these things. And so I I've created kind of a template for self-reflection where the first step is really honoring who you have become so far. So, you know, where am I along this journey? And so there's a, there's a journey timeline exercise that I have people go through where they they plot along all the things that they've learned so far in their life. You know, every single event has brought us to where we are. And, and I'm sure you know that. And, and you're, and I'm preaching to the choir when I say <laughs> that, but people don't really do a self-assessment of that. No, they don't. I'm sitting here nodding my head like, yes, yes. Right, <laughs> right. right. So yeah. where, you know, where am I so far? And then, okay, so then comes the real work. It's okay, now I've got to go in and listen. And that's the scariest part for people. Yes is, you know, how do I now listen to myself? And when you said, um, you know, people are afraid they're not going to find anything or whatever, I think it's because they just have not had the habit of listening. And exactly. so, right. I mean, and so, and their mindset has been conditioned from all the things that other people have told them they should be. And so really going in and listening, I mean, and there's some exercises, I mean, obviously they're, they sound trite, but if you really go in and really do some journaling. If you really go in and, you know, we, we keep talking about mindfulness and meditation and those sorts of things, but those practices that 
you know, a, a series of questions to ask yourself. Yes, questions are great. Questions, right, will get you, and there are uncomfortable questions that you have to sit with, will get you to a place of, ooh, I, now I'm starting to feel comfortable with who this person is. And then finally, you know, the last step I tell people when they're really doing that inner work is, now you've got to declare who you are, right? And, and who is that person so that you have a record of it? Because yes. if you find this person, who is it so that you can be aligned to it? And there I have people create what I call a personal manifesto, which really encompasses who I am, what I believe in, and what I'm committed to. Wow. And, yeah. Yeah. and then but but be being bold, you know. I mean, like, like for example, you know, we like to, you know, when we're talking about who I am, we'll say, well, you know, I'm a mother, I'm a I'm a daughter, you know, it's again all the roles, but being bold. I mean, I I'll give you a, a, the first line of my manifesto is I'm a modern day alchemist here to help people transform their lives to gold. Nice. That's big, right? Yes. So I, I encourage women to think big, you know, what is the, what is the essence of themselves and record that and then use this manifesto to hold themselves accountable. That's really awesome. That's a lot there, but <laughs> no, I love it. I love it. It's similar to something I do. I, I have them create a vision board made up of all the words that have come out of the process, this self-discovery process, describing who they are. And a lot of it too is what they what other people tell them, you know, right. because sometimes we don't see the strengths in us. We don't think that they're anything special, but when other people speak it, it's like, really? I did that <laughs> myself and I kind of what came out of that for me was this title, um, which I guess could be my manifesto title, is that I am a passionate and tenacious trailblazer. Yeah. And I when I saw that I was like, I am, but uh, yeah. And so being able to declare that and speak that over yourself. And so, you, you know, if you create a visual or something in writing, like your yeah. manifesto and then start declaring that over your life, because it's the truth. It's not something you're just making up. I think that's a big differentiation. You, you could pull words out of the air and say, well, I'm this, but are you really, once you really nail down who you are, then you can declare it with a conviction, right? And a a belief in it's strong. It's, it's not made up. It's not just fiction, you know? Absolutely. And, and, you know, that's such a great example of what, exactly what I'm talking about, what you just declared. Right. But we're afraid. Sometimes we're afraid of that. We're afraid of sounding, you know, I'm not humble or I'm arrogant or any of those things. And it's not, it's, you know, it's, why keep, why keep yourself small, you know, really owning the essence of yourself so that it really, it's, that's not ego. It's actually what you contribute and how yeah. you can serve the world. And so everything that we talk about is in service of something greater. And so right. in service. And so when you are that executive, right, if you are, you have a mindset of service versus everybody's looking at me, there's the ego, right? So it's about me, it's about how I perform, how I look, how I, you know, that's a head game. But if it's, okay, I'm bringing all this forward in service of something greater, that's a grounded place to be. Right, and it's a complete shift. Yeah. And it completely changes the game because okay. if you're in that ego space, you, you just can't win that. Right. Right, you're always gonna be, spending all this time and energy and effort to be that 
person and worrying about what people are thinking about you and what they're seeing. But if you are coming from the, like you said, a place of service, I say that all the time, especially when I'm getting ready to go to a workshop or speak somewhere. How do I get myself out of that nervousness of, oh, yeah, like, oh, I'm terrified to speak. It is. As soon as I switch it from, am I going to look good? Am I going to sound good? Are they going to be bored? Am I going to say the right things? If, as soon as I switch that to, I am bringing them this content, whatever it is, and it is going to help them. I am bringing something to them to make their lives better. And then I start getting excited about what I'm bringing to them to change them. And that just completely, the nervousness goes away. The focus is not on me anymore. And which I'm assuming that's where the title of your book comes from, right? Exactly. That's exactly it. It's we're so focused, you know, on ourselves. It's that conscious of self. And yet that's fine. And that's natural because obviously you want to present yourself in the best light and all of those things. But when you're so focused on that, uh, you're not grounded. You know, what, what am I grounded in? And it's all about me versus what, what can I bring forward for others? Just exactly what you just said. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I often say you are a gift to the world. What you bring from who you are, your essence is a gift we need, right? The world needs what you have in you. Yeah. And if you're not bringing it forth, we're missing something. Amen. You're talking, you know, you're talking to someone who totally agrees with that. Absolutely. <laughs> and, and has also seen it in action, um, yes. just as you have, right? I mean, how that can transform someone, first of all, their whole mindset, but also how they show up so yes. much more powerfully. You think about how you've probably seen women, the countenance on women who are grounded and self-assured and are bringing that gift to the world of who they are and how that shows up in their face. They're beautiful, you know, just in this inner beauty that's just shining out from a woman who's self-assured, who's comfortable with who she is, who's showing up in the world, knowing that she's bringing something to the table that's valuable. Yeah. as compared to somebody who's all in their ego and worrying about what other people think and you know just even what they look like you know it shows up uh, i heard this person describe that a woman who was physically outwardly beautiful but she was not happy inside and she was very um closed off and nervous and tense and then there was a woman who was like a lot older in her 70s or something gray hair um wrinkles but she was very grounded in who she was and very content and self-assured and, and just, you know, comfortable with who she was, bringing this gift to the world of who she is, bringing all the wisdom of who she is, like that inner wise woman you're talking about. And this person was describing the difference between the two. And she said, even though the one that was physically beautiful, but was not grounded in who she was, she, she didn't shine with that same inner beauty. The other woman was absolutely stunning because of that, that light of who she is was shining through. And I've never forgotten that. I thought, man, that is so true. It is so true. It is so true. And you you see it all the time. Yeah. Yeah. I can think of women that, you know, I've noticed that even myself, you know, in my younger years, I was, I was the woman that wasn't shining (laughs) because I was so much in my ego and, and dealing with a lot of past things that I hadn't faced and dealt with because I didn't want to, they were uncomfortable, tried to stuff them. And it was keeping me from being me 
Like you were talking about earlier, you know, I, I wasn't peeling off all the layers of stuff and getting to the real me. So now it's just so much nicer to just be me. It's there's a freedom there. Right. Right. So, so your book is called less ego and more soul. Um, what prompted you to write the book? I'm sure it's like what we've been talking about, but yeah, no. So quite a few things, actually. One of the things that prompted me to write it is again, my work with people over the, over time I would hear stories. I would hear people tell me, you know, I've achieved this pinnacle of success and yet there's something still missing. You know, I'm, I'm not fulfilled. Um, And there would be this emptiness almost that people would describe. And then what would happen is that they'd say, you know, I want to make some changes. I want to become more in alignment, whatever that means. Right. I want to become more in alignment. And yet when prodded to do the self-reflection, you know, I'm comfortable. I don't want to think about that because I might have to make some changes. Right. I might have to change some things in my life. But what I would find is that whenever a thunderbolt came, something and I call a thunderbolt is something that hits you out of the blue. Right. So it's either an illness, a divorce, a layoff from a job, um, somebody dies. Then all of a sudden people would get flooded with this introspection of now I need to do the work. Now I need to really think about what 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 does all this mean to me? Right. And so, you know, I started to think what, and I, that's happened in my own life, right? With the death of my father at it, when he was age 60, he was diagnosed with lung cancer. And that's when I really started to do some inner work for myself. And it made me think, why do we wait for thunderbolts? Mm. Why do we wait for thunderbolts for that? Right. Wow, that's a good question. Right. Yeah. Because sometimes we don't have a template for self-reflection and we don't know how to do it because everybody's saying, well, I don't know how to do that. You know? And so I thought, wow, then the COVID came, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought, this is a perfect time for people to have some sort of a template to do this type of self-reflection, to start living a little less ego and more soul. And by that, I mean less with the ego identity that others have crafted for us. I thought this would be the perfect time for people that have been shaken to do some self-reflection about, are they really living in alignment? Or are we so hung up on the proving, pleasing, and polishing that we haven't really tuned into that wise woman that's inside? That's very true that we are often caught in that cycle. I like, I like how you put that pleasing, proving, and polishing. And in our normal everyday lives, especially for women, we're so busy. We have all these people in our lives that we're helping our families, our work, or whatever, our friends, our aging parents as we're older. And we don't take the time to do self-reflection. We haven't because we've been so busy raising families and such. And we don't even know that we're in this pleasing, proving, polishing cycle. And so I I agree with you. This is such a good time for self-reflection. It's a perfect time. I know a lot of people are starting to do more of that because of COVID. And I love that you've provided a template. I think that's so important to have some kind of a guide because you're right, it is really difficult to do this on your own. I couldn't, I had to get help. And if you need help to do this, it's nothing to be ashamed of. We all need some help. It's very difficult to get to some of those things on your own, right? Right. And, and, and Janelle, you know, it's funny. You'll see that I don't use the word authentic. And so we were, we're talking about authenticity, right? Right. However, what happens, and I find this with the 
well, lots of women I work with in, in organizations is we use that word authentic and we say, I want to be my authentic self, but we don't know who that authentic self is. So we associate, well, I just want to say whatever I want to say. I'm not so sure that's authentic. That's conditioned, right? right? And so we confuse that just being whoever I want to be whenever I feel like it is authentic. Well, it could be rude. It could be not um, empathetic. You can not have emotional intelligence. So I'm not so sure that's the person that is honoring the inner wise woman. So I, I avoid that word, although that's what we're striving for is authenticity, because I don't want people to confuse it with just doing whatever I want yeah. to do, because that's ego. That's not, that's not the inner wise woman right. I'm talking about. The inner wise woman I'm talking about isn't really attached to that ego or doing whatever I want. They're also in service of others. And so what do others need, but in a different way, not pleasing or proving, but how can I serve with the, my, my biggest self? True self, yes. I, I think that word authenticity has been used so much now that sometimes we're not sure what it really means. <laughs> um, and it means to be the real thing. I mean, something that's authentic is real. Right. You know. Exactly. But do we know what that real is? Or are they messages, exactly. right, from exactly. somebody else? Yeah. So again, you know, it does take help, uh, help often to... I would say for everybody, I don't know of anyone that could really truly get to that inner wise woman, that real true self without some kind of help, because we're so close to our messages, conditioned messages, as you put them, that we don't differentiate. We don't realize until somebody's asking us those questions or, you know, we're presented with questions to ask ourselves. So um, I love this conversation and this work that you're doing in the world, because when you do commit yourself to doing this work it is the best thing you could ever do in your entire life really and it is worth it even though it might feel uncomfortable at first it might it could even be painful at certain points but so worth doing and out of the out of it you will feel like you have you are like I often tell people I'm finally at home in my own skin. I finally feel like I can walk out on center stage of my own life as me. I'm not being somebody else. I'm not playing another role. I'm me and I'm happy with it. I can stand there unashamedly, unapologetically and just be me and know that I'm valuable. You know, so I, I love that kind of work. I'd love to see women come into that space. It's so wonderful. I'm here. I mean, and you, you asked me, uh, I'm circling back. You asked me what powerful presence right. is, right? So after this discussion, right, when you think about what is a powerful presence, it's really being that, that centered and grounded in that, in your own skin. And in order to do that, you know, what is presence? Mm-hmm. So, so you have a presence, it's energy inside of you that people feel when they're around you. And what is that like? And I always ask people, what's it like to be in your presence? Mm, that's a great question. Wow. Is mm. it powerful? Are you distracted? Is it, does it make people nervous? Does it make people calm? And there's something about having a powerful presence. It's not about, you know, showing and showing how wonderful you are. It's about creating an energy field. And I know that sounds a little woo-woo to people, but it really is because we're all energetic beings. 
it's it, there's a field around you that people feel calm and comfortable mm-hmm. and grounded just like just because of exactly. how you are and if you're not that way then other people are not going to they're going right. to feel that and that's i mean that's there's scientific evidence of that i'm not i'm not just making that up that people can feel energy i mean you walk in a meeting and you see people's faces and you can right automatically say yeah. oh what happened right. what just happened because you can feel the air, right? So it's the same thing. How does it feel to yes, be around you? Yes, and there's lots of science to back that up. And I talk about this a lot too. Yeah. You can feel the energy from another person. You could be perfectly happy and go have lunch with somebody who's really sad and you'll feel that and it can bring you down. So yeah. um, bringing the in, being aware of that, I love that question. Like, what is it like to be in your presence? That would be such a great pr- question to sit with for a while. And even ask other people, if you dare, you know, somebody close to you, like, what is it like to be in my presence? I know I used to think that I, it was a, a fault or a flaw. And I know I've said this before, that, that one of my weaknesses, if you will, was that I was very calm and easygoing and even kind of have a quiet voice. And I used to let that hold me back because I thought, how could I be a speaker and speak from the front of the room or lead a podcast with this quiet voice and kind of a calm demeanor. I'm not like this big, huge presence who's like very demonstrative or whatever. And then I started getting this feedback from people over and over again from my clients and from people close to me that you are so calming when I'm in your presence. I feel so safe and so calm. And I'm like, oh, so it's actually one of my superpowers. <laughs> but see, I mean, there it is. That's that's exactly. it in action. Exactly it. It's we have this idea of what it means to exactly. be powerful. And yet, you know, it's that grounded centeredness that will make yeah. you powerful. Not, not the show, not, you know, all, all of those things I call are the polish. And, and that's fine. I mean, the reality of the world is that people form impressions sure. by, you know, split second. And so that I'm not saying ditch, looking at your appearance. I'm not saying right. ditch any of that. And, and I mean, you look at on TV, the first thing they do when a political woman, a woman who's in the political climate goes on is they start talking yes. about what she's wearing and how her yep. hair looks, right? It's the reality. I, I'm not going to say what I think about that, but that's the reality. So I'm not saying dismiss that and don't pay attention to it. However, if that's what you're focused on, you're not going to have a powerful presence. Yeah. Just like I was describing those twin and earlier, you know. Right. Yeah. So, so wonderful, powerful conversation. And I love this statement. The main thing about your mission, you know, it's helping women not to just emulate men. I think that's a powerful conversation. I think a lot of times women in leadership feel this pressure that to succeed, we need to be like men. I just had a conversation today with a new client that felt that way because she's in a field that's mostly dominated by men. And she feels like she's got to be this, you know, work harder and be like men. And that is pervasive, right? And so I think the conversation we're having today is a very important one to have in light of that, that you can have a powerful presence in your way as a woman without it diminishing you in any way, right? Without being somebody that you're not. Yeah. And 
you know, again, I'm a, I'm a realist. So I also, one of the things about me is I call myself a pragmatic and practical realist, uh, idealist. I'm sorry. So in other words, I also see reality. <clears throat> so there are certain things that you may need to adapt or you may want to adapt. Because again, the difference is choice. There may be things that you may choose to do in a meeting because it's going to have an impact on the people who are there who may be mostly men. And it may be a behavior that you wouldn't, wouldn't normally associate with your regular prefer, preferred way of being. However, the, the key component there is that you're in a place of choice. You're not doing it right. to please, prove, or polish. You're doing it to have influence. And you're choosing the behavior. So you're not unconsciously trying to get their approval. You're actually yes. consciously choosing, I'm going to behave this way right now because that's what's needed here. And when you're in yes. that space, that's powerful. Not because, oh, because I'm worried that they're not going to like me or they're not going to approve of me, et cetera. That's what's needed right now with these people. That's yes. powerful. That is powerful. It puts you in the driver's exactly. seat. You can, you're in control when you have choice. Right. Yeah. And you can affect the world in the way that you choose. So choice is powerful. Right. So many people don't realize when they're not at choice, they think they are, but they are really just kind of following a pattern, subconscious pattern of behavior. And they think they're choosing and they're not really making a choice, a conscious choice. They're doing kind of that habitual mm. pattern that they've been taught or right. used to doing. Or what so, other people want them yeah. to do, right. right? Well, yeah, that's huge. I hear that all the time. I feel like I'm under these expectations. I worry about what other people are thinking, you know, um, especially at work, uh, on the job. Am I doing what they want me to do? Am I being who they want me to be? And that's not a very grounded no. place to be. Well, and that's wobbly. what I mean. That when it becomes more grounded is when it's in a place of choice. Because you know, the reality right. is some workforces have certain norms and cultures. And you're choosing to be in that culture, right? So how do you adapt to the system and then influence the system for change versus, well, they're not letting me be myself. That's another victim mm. um, ungrounded yeah. posture. I can go on and on about that one, right? It's I'm grounded in, and I'm in who I am and I'm bringing that forward. And I also am mm. cognizant of what's needed here in this organization. And I can make choices to influence that. But again, you're coming from a place yeah. of power versus a place of victimization. Yes. When you're in that victim mentality, you're giving right. your power totally. away. Totally. It's dependent on other people's perceptions and their choices instead of yours. So, yeah, that's yeah. awesome. Well, this is a yes, great conversation. I love what you're doing in the world. And I know you have an offer for my audience, right? We'll talk about that, what, what they can uh, get from you if they do yeah, something. <laughs> if they do something, right? So if they go, um, so it, it'll be for the, it's for the first three people who do this, right? Um, if they go mm -hmm. on to Amazon and they purchase the book, I will, and write a review, I will send a free copy to the, to the um, people who do that. Yeah. Okay. So they just have to send an email that, hey, they did it and we will send them a free copy. Nice. So the name of the book again. 
Less ego, more soul. Janet Ioli, I-O-L-I, yeah. correct? And I will put all this in the show notes. So buy the book, leave a review, which is really important for authors. So leave that review. And then you can email Janet or, or me and we will, this is the first three people. So you got to get on it. You'll get a free copy. You'll get a free copy with a, with a little bonus. (laughs) Yeah. It's a, it's a special calendar that I would, I was going to send. That's it. It's like a surprise gift. Yeah. Oh, how nice. I love surprises. Yeah. Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for being on the show with me today and sharing such wonderful, powerful knowledge really, and wisdom and tips. You know, I love the template that you shared. And I think that your ideas of, you know, really getting still and doing that self-reflection and doing some journaling, asking yourself those powerful questions, and you gave us some powerful ones. So this is a place to start. And I would recommend anybody listening to just start, just start there. And if you need help to go further, get Janet's book. You can reach out to Janet. You can reach out to me. We are here to help you to do that deep dive. And we've both been there and we've both done it. So we know what it's like. So uh, thank you again, Janet, for coming and being on the show with me today. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Janelle. You're welcome. All right, ladies. So that is it. Until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you. I hope you enjoyed that episode and got a lot out of it that will help you on your journey to becoming fearlessly confident. If you would like to know how to work with me to help you to become fearlessly confident, just email me, Janelle at EmergingLifeCoaching.com. You can also go to my website. There's lots of great resources on there, including a free mini course called Be Confident, Be Real, Be You. It's a three video course with downloadable action guides that will definitely help you to get on this journey to becoming fearlessly confident. My website is EmergingLifeCoaching.com. Thanks for listening. And until next time, be fearless, be confident, and be you.